Hey listeners, Dennis Wisco here. Sometimes it seems that I am at the intersection of the war on cars and the anti-war on cars. I know you know this too, where there's definitely a growing movement that subscribes in favor of ridding cars from the future of mobility. And while that may represent the extreme end of things, that is always the end goal. The anti-war on cars is comprised of a few major things, one of which is automotive retailers. Automotive retailers are beginning to be really good operators of their data. And the sole existence of an automotive retailer is to sell cars and service cars on behalf of the manufacturer. And the manufacturers are in support of automotive retailers being masters of their data and operationalizing their data. In this episode, we feature a prior guest of Wisco Weekly, Mr. Andrew Rains. Andrew is the chief commercial officer at Automotive Mastermind. Automotive Mastermind is a predictive analytics and marketing automation company, and they have the support of all major automakers in helping automakers and dealers alike target customers and help sell cars and create better experiences. Together with a strong used car economy, and with used cars being a very strong alternative that allows you to move, that allows you to move goods, that allows you to move people. If having access to a car represents the highest form of mobility, then a used car is the compromise to the war on cars. Automakers know this, dealers know this, and so if you want to know where the future of automotive will still maintain its competitive edge in the future of mobility, have a listen to this episode with Andrew Rains, the Chief Commercial Officer at Automotive Mastermind, and Alex Shea, who is the director of product. Before we get to today's episode, listeners, there's a ton of events I'll be attending over the course of the next few months, one of which that is coming up is Aerotech by SAE, the Society of Automotive Engineers. That's occurring at the Pasadena Convention Center. Another event which occurs in April is Comotion Miami. I'm really looking forward to going to this event. And as a matter of fact, Comotion Miami is offering listeners of the show a discount to attend 
Their event deals with public sector and private sector individuals who are forging the future of mobility. And with this particular event occurring in Miami, there's going to be a special undertone to the Latin American culture of mobility. So if you're looking to attend this, listeners of the show can receive an additional 20% off admission using the code WISCO20 at checkout. You can visit wiscoweeklypod.com slash commotion and learn more about this event. And you can also look to register from there. Again, wiscoweeklypod.com slash commotion. Now, let's get into the show. You are now tuned in to the Wisco Weekly Experience. Mabuhay, bienvenidos, vitaita, willkommen, and welcome to Wisco Weekly. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Wisco Weekly. I'm your host, Dennis Wisco, and this is the podcast that is exploring the new business models for the mobility of people and goods. Today's show is going to be an in-depth analysis of the dealership world. Listeners, on this episode, finally... I am face to face with this beautiful face. He's making his second appearance on the show. If you haven't listened to episode 99, then you should. And I will put a link of that episode on the episode page. For those of you who are new to a managerial type position or you are a leader and you are just lacking a little bit of creativity and motivation then you will certainly enjoy the knowledge and education by the Reverend Andrew Rains. But today we are going to discuss something different. We are going to be talking about the automotive retail operation, especially in the context of you of the used car market. Joining me today then is the chief commercial officer for automotive mastermind, Mr. Andrew Rains, and the director of product, Miss Alex Shea. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, uh, Andrew, finally, we get to see each other three dimensionally. It's great to finally make your acquaintance, sir. Uh, one of the things I'm most curious about, you visit a ton of dealers and I get to visit dealers, but I'm usually either shopping for cars or helping people shop for cars. So that's kind of where my head is at. You get to look really heavily you know, into their operation. In 2019, how many stores would you say that you visited in 2019 alone? Well, first of all, thank you very much for uh, having me on today. I really enjoyed our uh, last episode. <clears throat> I've heard a lot of good feedback from, uh, you know, customers in the market on uh, that podcast. So thank you for the opportunity and excited to be here today. So over the course of the last year, I became, uh, and I guess I've been good friends with uh, Delta Airlines, having flown two, <laughs> 2.2 million miles in my career. Jesus. But uh, this past year I did 180,000 miles and I was in over a hundred dealerships uh, okay. this past year. Okay, and uh, uh, new car, independent stores, both? Uh, no, primarily a new car uh, with the major brands. New car, major brands. Um, when you if you could maybe take me back to when you first started let's say about a year ago what 
when you were making these trips, like what was going on in your head when you were going into these stores? Did you have something in mind that you're like, look, I'm going to go in these stores. I want to look at and analyze X, Y, Z. I mean, the last thing that we want to do is sit in the corporate office and figure out how, how we can best serve our customers making decisions in a vacuum. Uh-huh. Uh, we think that it's critical to be out in the market, uh, talking to cost customers, talking to prospects, and hearing directly from them what are their top pains and priorities, what's keeping them up at night, uh, what uh, they want to achieve in the upcoming year. And that helps us make sure that we are serving them well because we are not interested in any short-term relationships. We're looking to develop five, 10 plus year relationships. And so to do that, we have to be able to innovate and deliver on behalf of our customers in the market. And so one of the best ways to get that input is to hear directly from the front lines who are out doing it, you know, out selling cars on a daily basis. And so provide some context for me. I mean, we are looking at a, a, an automotive industry that has seen record levels of new car sales. It's, it's plateaued, but I mean, 17 million, that's still really good. Used car market is doing well for them. Service is doing really well for them. What are their pain points? How, what, what are they complaining about now? It's not so much that they're complaining. It's just that they've got some, some top priorities. As you said, uh, you know, the, the SAR has remained around 17 million for the past few years. I've heard some predictions that it could drop by as much as three to 500,000 in 2020, but every dealer wants to grow. And so when you have a pie that's saying flat year over year, for me to grow or for dealers to grow, they've got to get more than their fair share. And so they have to be able to start using innovation. Uh, they have to start leveraging data, uh, taking friction out of the buying process uh, for the, uh, you know, the friends of yours that you're describing that you help buy cars in order to get uh, more than their fair share in order to grow. I met with dealers who were down year over year 20% and I met dealers year over year who were up 40%. And so they want to be able to, um, uh, you know, maximize that growth and they want to look for ways to, uh, you know, increase the loyalty from their existing business as well as uh, conquest, both from their service drive as well as from their, uh, you know, straight competitors. Can you describe for me, what does a dealership who was down 20% look like versus what a dealership that is up 40% look like? Well, it's, uh, it's a great question, Dennis, and it really ties into our last podcast. Um, you know, we talked on that last co- podcast about how everything rises and falls on leadership. And so the, the uh, dealerships that I see that are up 40%, 30%, 20% year over year, uh, it's not a coincidence. It's not luck. It's, uh, it's stores that are being led by great leaders, you know, getting great frontline managers on the team, empowering them and helping them get better. And again, uh, we've talked about this idea of growth over goals. And so, you know, it's one thing for a dealer to say, hey, we're going to sell 10% more cars this year than we did last year. The only way to make that happen is to get better. And so 
the, uh, the stores that I see that are really doing well are putting in training, best practices that are helping them get better. And by getting better, it's helping them achieve their goals. So I, I see it's, it's the idea of getting better. That is the growth. That's the it's the it's the professional development. It's the personal development. It's the operational development. And in turn, that helps a business achieve their goals. Absolutely. I mean, for any business to progress, the individuals have to have personal growth plans. And those personal growth plans have to say that, you know, from the beginning of this year to 12 months from now, I'm going to target becoming 15 percent better. 20% 20% better. And then when everybody's working that way, like you said, that starts leading into operational improvement. And that's where we really see stores that are, you know, selling more cars, having more success in F&I, more success in, uh, you know, the parts and the service drive. You know, that's where we're seeing uh, our customers and, and, you know, various dealerships have a tremendous amount of success. What, what, what additional insight could you lend to listeners about the automotive retail market based on your visit? So, so we understand a little bit of the pain points in terms of dealers wanting to grow and, and potentially that means, you know, leveraging data, then also looking at loyalty customers and, and conquest customers. What are some other things that maybe surprised you in your visits last year that you're like, I didn't re- even realize this was something dealers even cared about? I think, uh, you know, one of the big things is um, that it's taking, you know, it can take three to five hours to buy a car and that's creating pain for the consumer. Uh, I heard a stat last week that if somebody fills out a form on a business website, they expect somebody to contact them within 10 minutes. Uh-huh. If they don't get that response within 10 minutes, they view that as a uh, as not hitting their expectations and not providing them great service. So think about how much we've evolved over the last three to five years where now people are like, I better have a business contact me within 10 minutes. So now to take that to the buying experience, it takes three, four, five hours to buy a car. There's a lot of friction in that process. A lot. And so I think that uh, the best dealers are number one, looking for ways to reduce that friction and make it easier to buy a car. And then to your point, you know, leveraging data. Um, You know, we think about, you know, data is the new oil. And we're seeing that people that have the data are the ones that win. And the reason for that is because data leads to better information. Better information leads to better decisions and better decisions lead to better results. So if you want to win in 2020, it's going to be the dealerships that provide a great customer experience. And it's going to be the dealerships that leverage data in order to make these great decisions in order to get you know incredible results. And like I said, let's say that the SAR goes from 17 million to 16.5, but I want to grow 12%. Market is down year over year. I've got to be doing some things differently if I want to win. And so, you know, we hear the adage, you can't keep doing the same things and get expect different results. It's never been truer in the car industry right now. So with regards to data, you know, to me, having attended, I think this is my fourth NADA, 
Uh, it definitely seems as if now in 2020, there are more people, there are more speakers talking about data and not just that, but the audience is now almost understanding what the terminology is, what the concepts are. So with your background with Automotive Mastermind and your experience working with these dealers, are there any particular kind of, you know, specific metrics that you're seeing that, you know, well, a dealer sh when when a dealer is looking to grow 12 percent in a shrinking market and they're you know looking to go after loyalty or conquest or use cars like what are what are the recommended metrics that's maybe combined would lead a dealer to say, you know what, that's what I need to start looking at in my business. That's a great question. You know, first and foremost, it's interesting how data has evolved over the last 10 years. Okay. Like for example, here at Automotive Mastermind, we have a team of data scientists, but it's not just technology companies that are hiring the data scientists. JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley has over 2000 data scientists in a investment banking firm. So taking this data and creating actionable items out of it is, is critical. But when you talk about having you know, key success, it really goes down to the employees and taking care of your employees was take care of your customers. So how great are you at hiring? I was with the, uh, the CRO, the former CRO of Tesla this week. And he uh, was with Tesla for three years, worked side by side with Elon every day. And he, he shared a, a line, a, a question with us that I thought was fascinating. I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. Alon said to the CRO, he said, uh, you're hiring these people. And Tesla is known for hiring some great people. He said, you need to tell me what evidence this person has of world-class success. Hmm. So Dennis, it's not just about what skills do you have? How would you solve this problem? What's your attitude like? What evidence, I wanna underline that word evidence, of world-class success. And so I think for these dealerships, when we start talking about metrics, how great are you hiring? How great is your employee retention? How great is your customer loyalty? The service drive. I shared with you that I was in over 100 dealerships this past year, 100% of every GM or dealer principal told me they are confident that they can be selling more cars out of their service drive. Okay. Many of them said it's the least expensive lead that they have in their mm -hmm. dealership. Mm -hmm. And so what are those conversion rates? Are they converting to service not sold 2%, 3% of those customers into um, actual sales? And so, we look back and say, what are the, you know, uh, leading indicators that GMs need to be looking at to see what's driving their business? Because we all look at trailing indicators, lagging indicators. All of us do it. What was your revenue last year? How many cars did you sell? That is a lagging indicator. And the definition of a lagging indicator is once you hear it, there's nothing you can do about it. But what are the what, lead? What, what, what do you mean by that? You, you can't do anything about it. So once you get your revenue number for 2019, it's in the books. We can't impact revenue once it's posted. I see what you mean, got it. Once you tell me that a thousand cars have been sold, we can't do anything about it. That's a lagging indicator. 
but a leading indicator is what are the critical things that I can do to impact those thousand cars sold? That's where GMs and dealer principals need to be focused. Leading indicators, significantly more important than lagging indicators. Well, Alex, Andrew's talking about these leading indicators. You're the director of products. How, how is this manifesting in your role in department? Specifically for the product area, we are constantly out there speaking to our dealer partners, figuring out really what the, the big needs in the market are. Um, what we've seen uh, in the last few months, over the last few years, is in jump for the need for pre-owned specifically in our product. Uh, so we've gotten that feedback from our dealerships. We've made a promise to deliver what they're looking for specifically this year in 2020. So we have a really big initiative on the table, which is delivering a pre-owned functionality to our dealer partners. Specifically within Automotive Mastermind, it's a very big undertaking. We need to work very closely with the commercial team. We need to work uh, internally with our engineering partners, our product team. Um, to ensure that we hit those milestones and deliver a product in the time frame that our dealer partners are requesting it so they can see those sales on the pre-owned side. Uh, so what we're doing internally is we are tracking those metrics on a weekly basis. We're doing weekly check-ins to ensure all those milestones are hit and we are able to deliver that in the, the time frame that we set aside. And I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> what, what can dealers expect on this pre-owned program? So today, the way that Mastermind works is we take a look at the existing customer. Whether they purchased you used or new, we are putting them into a new car offer. So it doesn't matter whether they purchased new or used, it's a new car offer, it's new car rates, incentives, and that deal, the behavior drivers, the behavior prediction score, is all based off of a new car offer. And, we, and just to clarify, yeah. when you say new car, we're talking brand spanking exactly. new, not just a customer buying a new car and that could be a use. We're exactly. talking new car, brand spanking new, zero miles. Correct. Got Correct. it, okay. What we are going to be offering later in this year is if the customer previously purchased a pre-owned vehicle, we're actually going to be taking a look at that dealer's inventory for that store specifically and mapping them to the vehicle that we think from their inventory they're most likely to purchase. So we will take a look at how many years did they previous, how if they purchased two years old, if they had 20,000 miles when they purchased their pre-owned vehicle. Um, how many age days? This is a certified pre-owned vehicle. We're gonna take a look at a number of different factors. Our data science team is very heavily involved in creating the best algorithm to really determine what that vehicle, what the best vehicle we should map them to. We're gonna take a look at that. Um, as you know, dealers can move their inventory on a nightly basis. We're gonna take a look at that every single day and make sure we're mapping that customer to the correct vehicle. And then of course, our behavior prediction score, all the behavior drivers are going to um, come into play and you'll be able to see how that changes being mapped to a used car. So you'll see the behavior prediction scores going up, those behavior drivers uh, changing accordingly. So if I understand correctly then, for the for the used car or the pre-owned program through Automotive Mastermind, it's somebody who previously bought a used car that you would look to then retarget them, remessage them, and try to get them into another used car. Correct, specifically from their lot, whatever makes the most sense. And then of course, we will also send out very targeted campaigns on a monthly basis, um, discussing which vehicle we're putting them into and why we think they would be interested in that car. Listeners, you're just, you're getting some million dollar intellectual property information right now about how <laughs> this is all working out. Um, Andrew, is there, I mean, tell me, what is the market opportunity for used cars? I mean, I know I know that that's what the industry says, that the used car market is, is still burgeoning, but how are you seeing it through your role and responsibilities? 
Yeah, great question. So <clears throat> as I discussed before, you know, service drive is a top priority for all of the dealers that I spoke to this year, as is pre-owned because margins are getting squeezed on the new car side. A stat that I uh, heard recently is that the average consumer spends 13.9 hours online doing homework about car, the car and price before they walk into the dealership. And many times they show up with their phone, show it to the uh, salesperson and say, I wanna pay this amount for this price. But what we see on the pre-owned side and what uh, GMs tell me all the time is that number one, there's growth in the market. And number two, there's really healthy margins. And so they see it as a good opportunity and a strong opportunity to grow profitability within the dealership by increasing their pre-owned uh, footprint. So that's as Alex said before, for the past a year or so, our customers have been coming to us and saying that they want us to build a pre-owned solution. So we launched Market IQ at this show a year ago, where we help dealerships to be able to communicate to every type of, type of buyer. And we're able to help them identify, communicate and close every new car buyer. So, but they wanted that same thing for pre-owned. And so we're fortunate to have a very robust, innovative product and engineering team that was able to take that idea and get it to market here in 2020. And we've announced that here at uh, NADA 2020. And I can just tell you that the response and the feedback has been incredible. And so um, just like I've been in a lot of dealerships the past year, I've talked to a lot of uh, dealerships and, and GMs and dealer principals in the last 36 hours here at NADA. And when we share this message, they cannot wait for that to have that capability because it's going to help them sell more cars. It's going to help them create more profit. In addition to all of that, I think from a consumer level, new car, or used cars come with so much technology these days that why not save a little bit of money? I mean, I was just getting into this discussion. This is probably more information you need to know about me than necessary, but I was just getting into this discussion with my hairstylist in which she wants a brand new car. And, you know, one of the stats I had shared with her, I'm like, you know, I just I was reading something in which there's 91 million Americans who can't even put one hundred dollars on their credit card bill because they're about to max it out. So I, you know, I was like telling her, I'm like, I don't want to play the dad here, but I'm a bit fearful of what the next couple of years looks like. You're going to take a big hit on a new car. You might as well go down the used car route. A, again, aside from the fact that there's lots of technology, I mean, there are things that are standard now, such as your backup cameras and your safety sensors that, that have been coming on cars, at least I think since 2012 when it was mandated. But certainly as these used cars come back to the market, if they don't have a backup camera and, and, and sensors, then they have blind spot monitoring. They'll have various levels of ADAS in the car. You're, you're saving thousands of dollars by buying used. And certainly it's literally a win-win when a customer can buy a car with lots of bells and whistles, not pay as much, and the dealers still get their money all, all in this. Absolutely, we see it the same way that uh, it's, it's a win for the dealers I just described. Great market, lots of buyers, good margins, but also tremendous opportunity for the consumer, right? Because you know maybe they're in that 2015 opportunity to upgrade to the 2018, get a lot more technology, get a lot more safety possibly for their family, for their children, mm -hmm. and to be fiscally responsible. 
you know, one thing that, uh, you know, every family has to decide for themselves is how much can we afford? You know, we want to live with, a, you know, what we call margin in our lives. And so, you know, yeah, I could buy that new car and pay $550 a month or that pre-owned maybe $360. And that allows me to have more flexibility in my family budget. So the important thing is that we want to be able to give our dealers robust capabilities so they can give their customers the best options possible. So you're now implementing this, would this be a, a fourth segment? You have loyalty, conquest, service, and now pre-owned? This is the fourth one, that's correct. So, so loyalty, we're seeing our customers significantly improve their loyalty rates by us targeting, our, or targeting their customers. And our marketing is so specific, we look at over uh, you know, a thousand data points. We have extremely customized marketing. Uh, I heard someone say today, spray and pray marketing. We are the exact opposite of spray and pray. I'm actually surprised people are still using spray and pray marketing, but okay, all right, I fair know. enough. I won't say who said <laughs> So, So loyalty, the service drive, huge opportunity for every dealer in this country to uh, sell more cars to the uh, service not sold. And then the market conquest piece, because we are fortunate to be uh, sister companies with uh, Carfax and with Polk, you know, in, in a convention center that's, uh, I think, 3.7 million square feet, about to be expanded to five and a half million square feet. Uh, we're just fortunate to have extremely rich data that we're able to apply through our algorithms and put that in our customers' hands and give them not only who they should be talking to, but what they should be saying to them in each of those three segments. And now, super proud of uh, Alex and the team for what they're gonna be delivering here for the fourth pillar, because um, you know we're, our, we have a, a, a vision to be able to predict every transaction at the dealership level both on the sales side and on the service side. I got goosebumps on that one because that's 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 bold. I mean, I I love how you're actually very stern and, and almost like, you know, dispassionate about it because you actually th that is a reality. I, I'm on my side like, wow, that's that's ambitious. I don't know if that can happen, but you're very serious about it. Yeah, we're, we're very confident. Uh, I mean, number one, we believe in the vision. I mean, think about helping the dealership predict every single transaction. Yeah. And we're confident in our capabilities because of who we're aligned with that we will be able to deliver on that uh, vision. Is, I mean, maybe prying more than I should, but with this pre-owned program now, I'm sorry, is there a particular name for this? No. So, the, so this pre-owned program then, is there anything new about the relationships with Carfax or IHS that you had to put together in order to form this pre-owned program? Uh, no, I don't think so. We're just really leveraging more of the IHS and Carfax data than we have before. So since we've been acquired in 2017, we're seeing more and more ways that we can utilize this data. Now that we're going into the pre-owned side of things, we can take a look at that registration data, that Polk data, look at a specific household, see how often they're um, purchasing an another vehicle, if they've purchased multiple pre-owned vehicles, what brand they're purchasing, what segment. So we can actually utilize more of that data uh, we also have access to all of the Carfax data. So really just utilizing that data, leveraging it in different ways than we have before. I got to tell you, one of the things that I am certainly intrigued with when it comes to your operation, if I understand correctly, you have about 1,600 dealer clients. That's correct. 
So I, I'm going to use this as a as a average number. I don't think I'm entirely off. Andrew, you can certainly correct me if I, you think I'm in way off. In a, in a given month, in a given month, I know that there are dealerships that target directly and not not doing more of a spray and pray, but like literally they these are emails more or less, right? Emails, previous customers, customers who have come to them through third party leads, whatever the case, right? In a given month, there's about 10,000 on average, 10,000 that a dealership would kind of market to. And again, in, in addition to digital advertising and all that stuff, right? But 10,000. And again, that give or take. So in a given month, Automotive Mastermind is affecting 16 million existing or, or prospective customers. Does that sound somewhat right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. And now, if I understand correctly, you also have secured the last piece of the puzzle in terms of OEM relationships? That's correct, yeah. Thanks for asking, uh, Dennis. We're really excited. Uh, if you go back to the company, the company is a little over five years old. We were very intentional in rolling out the uh, multiple manufacturers because our solution is so specific by brand. And so we could have made the decision five years ago that we're gonna be all things to all people, but it would have been a very watered down solution that would not have been brand specific. And so what we decided to do was that every three to four months, roll out new manufacturers. And so here at this show, we're announcing that we're uh, now available for all four dealers, all Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep. And uh, the response and the demand has really been, uh, you know, a little overwhelming. So really excited to now say that we're available for all of the major manufacturers in the country. Kudos. Good, good for you guys. Wow. Well, um, Andrew, Alex, have we left anything out? You know, if I could uh, share one more thing, Dennis, please. This is a uh, little bit of a bridge to our last podcast, because uh, we talked a lot on that podcast about, uh, you know, four great leaders that we'd identified. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, multiple leadership principles. We talked about the books associated with them. And so uh, since sometimes I get uh, labeled as the uh, bookworm, uh, I did read a book recently since we've had that podcast which turned out to be the best book I read oh, in the past year. Talk to me, talk to and, me. And uh, the book is called uh, The Four Disciplines of Execution. It's by the Franklin Covey Group. Okay. So uh, a couple authors there, Covey being one of them, but they give a formula for how to be best in class in execution. And I'll just briefly touch that, which is number one, what's your wildly important goal? Number two, what are the lagging and leading metrics that you're gonna to use to achieve that wildly important goal? Number three, what's a very easy scoreboard that can be put in place so that we know if we're winning or losing against making progress against that? Hmm. And then finally, what's your cadence of accountability? So what the book recommends is a weekly call, 30 minutes, reviewing all the metrics, asking everybody to make commitments, following up, did you live up to those commitments, et cetera? So just as a, uh, just again, as a bridge to, uh, I think you said podcast number 99, I would highly encourage all the listeners to this podcast to read that book, The Four Disciplines of Execution, 
feel free to contact me after you read it. I'd love to discuss it with you. We're actually doing internal book clubs at Automotive Ooh. Mastermind where we're uh, going through this book right now. Can I participate virtually? You know, just, just put me in on a Zoom call or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. That's how we do it. So uh, anyway, just as you think about what we're trying to accomplish on behalf of our customers, we're following this formula. I think it's a tremendous formula for those listening here to follow and feel very confident that if you implement these disciplines, you will have more success in 2020 than you did in 2019. Amen. See, listeners, do you know why now I call him the Reverend? <laughs> Holy cow. Well, uh, Andrew, how can people follow you? Uh, we posted it last time, but uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, three best ways we can get you the details. Alex? Same thing. Same thing. All three. Uh, and listeners, again, I will put their contact information on the episode page. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Wisco Weekly. And also be sure you do check out the other episode that we did with Georgia on mentorship, because I think that actually works hand in hand with a lot of things that we're discussing in this episode. As we end every episode, cheers, prost, lachaim, kipis, nastravi, salut, kampai, mabruk, tutsins, gambe, yamas, nastrovie, vo, and salute to the customer experience. Hey, listeners, co-host Kelly Cruz here. Thank you for joining us on another episode. Always very appreciative to have you along for our journey. We're also very appreciative for two of our great partners, Automotive Mastermind and Co-Motion Miami. Just the beginning of a lot of great things that we have coming up for you. If you are enjoying being along with us, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook. Another way you can rate and review is to check out our episode page and follow the link there. Not sure what the top rating is, but if you are having a great time, give us that top rating. If you're not having a great time, then let us know why and how we can improve. So we look forward to uh, continuing to make things even better. We look forward to being with you soon. Yeah.